With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening. I'm Robert A. Wilson with Cowboy Wisdom Radio. And tonight, Matt Hefner is my guest. And he is with the Washington State Labor Council and also the head. And he also works with the legislators down in in Olympia. But tonight we're going to be talking about the Vancouver Project and a Tacoma Project, and we're going to enlighten you on the on the economic prowess and economic growth of these two terminals. And so, without any further ado, I want to bring Matt on so we get right into talking about the Vancouver Energy Project. Give people some information about this and how it's going to help the country and the, the state and the country all at one time. Please, okay, well, Rob, uh, well, Happy New Year's, first of all. Um, it's great to be on. Happy New Year to you. Yep. So, uh, you know, going into 2016, we actually have some pretty exciting uh, developments going on in Washington State. Uh, we're making some strong economic development strides, especially when it comes to uh, transportation and terminals. So the first project we got going on is the, the Vancouver Terminal. It's being sponsored by Sotoro and Savage Energy, and it's a huge project, $2 billion in economic value to the local economy. That's through wages and taxes. And then it'll be $1.6 billion in labor income during the first 15 years. Uh, it'll provide 320 full-time jobs. You know, during construction, another 176 direct on-site jobs, you know, annually, every year, full-time, another 440 jobs off-site. So, and this will invest in that Vancouver company for years to come. And uh, the first thing is that what the Vancouver terminal will be doing will be taking crude oil, you know, produced and drilled in uh, in the Midwest, in the Dakotas, and it'll be shipped via train to the Vancouver terminal. From there, it'll be uh, put on the barges on the ships and moved up and down the West Coast to our, our own American refineries. So it'll create jobs at the other refineries, too. And it's, it's a great idea because it really increases our, our independence to foreign oil. So we can be using American oil made by American workers, you know, here in the great state of Washington. And I was reading something in your talking points and your messages, but they aren't didn't Tesoro also be one of the first oil companies to put new tankers on the road the on the rails, the safer and the more the dual line tankers? Yes, that's correct, Rob. Uh Tesoro and Savage both are on the cutting edge of environmental protection when it comes to the oil industry. Uh they were the first to voluntarily get these new tankers put them on there so in case there is a spill, which is very unlikely, uh, rail's been deemed much safer than uh, 
using transportation long-haul vehicles, you know, the big trucks. So we get the big trucks off the road. And it's also a safer, a safer way uh, commercially and economically and environmentally to ship. So it's a, it's a great deal for Washington State. So. And, and, also, and also, Matt, I was reading in here on these talking points of yours, the sorrow and savage down in the Vancouver terminal, they have not had an oil spill in, what, over 20 years? I think, yeah, that's about right. So they, their track record is stellar. So uh, the, the Sorrow and Savage team is, is about as good as they get. And so so when we got the, you know, with the safety environment and all the environmentalists, Savage and Tesoro have really been uh, on the leading edge of that in taking care of the environment. So that should be an asset, too, plus all the jobs and all the money it's going to take and the stability to this state and the West Coast. And so that exactly. just helps with all the things, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And, I mean, looking at it from a macro perspective, from a larger, you know, environmentally, if we can keep these refineries and these jobs here, that means that we can actually see what's going on. We do – Washington State has some of the most stringent EPA enforcement in the country. Um, we can actually monitor it, watch it, and enforce you know, those EPA regulations. So where if we let this port go to a different country, you know, South America or somewhere else, we would have no control and there would be, you know, much more environmental hazards, which would affect the world globally. You know, by keeping it here, we can actually monitor what's going on, know what's going on, know what kind of emissions it has, you know. So uh, I think we, keeping it here is the best thing for the environment overall. And, Matt, don't we take some of the super tankers out of the ocean also because we keep it locally? Say that again? Don't we take some of the big super tankers and take the risk of having a super tanker like the Exxon Valdez happen? Correct, yes. And uh, like I said before, it'll be shipping up and down the West Coast. So from here it'll go to Cherry Point Refinery. It'll go to the other refineries in Washington, the other refineries in California and Oregon. So up and down the West Coast. And also by going up and down the coast and going to Cherry Point and Tosaro Refinery and Anacortes, won't they also have to build some new units, which also brings more to the local, local economies? Yes, it will. Uh, now, let's not confuse. I mean, we're not actually going to be pumping more uh, emissions-producing oil into the economy. We're really just replacing the use of foreign oil with American oil which is much cleaner. So the oil coming out of uh, the United States is 30% cleaner than the stuff we're getting from Canada and or uh, the Middle East. So so really, I mean, it's a win-win situation right now. So economically... It really really is. But what I'm saying, you know, by shipping it to the local refinery, they're also going to have to expand their refining not re- really expand it, but they're going to be refining stuff that keeps all the tax money in the country. And that's a big thing, Correct. and that takes the pressure off of the tax system too, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And it will, like you were saying, it keeps that money local. It, you know, it really spurs that local economy, you know, up and down in all the refineries in Washington. So the Anacortes, the Everett's, the 
to Cherry Points, you know, all those places, you know, will be, at least, if not maintaining the status quo now, increasing, you know, more jobs, more money in the economy. So you're absolutely right. And it also makes them refiners want to keep doing the little projects in there and keeping the local, well, keeping like me and you, I mean, keeps the, our local 191 more working at home and inside them refineries. And one thing about these refinery jobs, Matt, they pay more money and they also help the economy. Yeah. I mean, these are good, solid, middle-class working jobs. I mean, these are the kind of jobs that America's lost and we're starting to get back now. So especially over here on the West Coast. So... All right, Matt, we've talked about everything, but what does the members of the local unions and local communities, how can they get involved to help you and everybody so this, uh, like the Vancouver Terminal we're talking, gets built and gets started? What can we do uh, as individuals to help you? I was, I, was, I was hoping you'd ask that, Rob. So what we have first is coming up real quick. So, I mean, this stuff's it's cutting edge, and this is, the front line right here. January 5th in Vancouver, uh, there's going to be meetings regarding the Vancouver terminal. The Columbia Pacific Building Trades Council is organizing a labor rally at 6 p.m. on January 5th. So the meetings are actually going from 1 p.m. to 4.30. Then there's a break, and there's there's a break, and then they start again at 4.30, I believe, and they go until... Six, sorry, they go until 11 o'clock or until the last speaker. So, I mean, it's going to be, you know, a pretty uh, interesting event to be at. So, I mean, come show your support for the labor movement, for the building trades. You know, let's bring these jobs home to uh, America, bring it back to Washington State and Vancouver and our area. This is our industry, and we got to take care of it. So, and that's true, but I, go ahead. And that's January also, January 12th is a Tuesday. Uh, there's another event, uh, public hearing regarding this in Vancouver at 5 p.m. And for those of you on the uh, eastern side of the mountains, January 14th in Spokane, there's an uh, event uh, talking about the rail shipping of the train of the, of the crude oil from the Midwest to Vancouver. And that's in Spokane in January on January 14th. So Sound let's uh, be at all of those. And yeah, January 14th in Spokane, the 7th and the January 7th and January 5th in Vancouver. But here's something I want to ask you because you're pretty enlightened about this. That oil is going to go on rail to the to a, a terminal somewhere, no matter where they build this or what they do with it. Isn't that true? Correct. So. That oil is going to be moving, whether it moves to a different country or moves to Canada, you know, and then Canada gets all the jobs, and we have to, you know, adhere to, you know, a different country's EPA standards, or we can enforce our own. So, but the trains are coming regardless. So, do we want to lose that business, those jobs, or do we want to keep them here? I think we should keep those jobs here in Washington State. So, I mean, building these terminals here, you know, is going to be vital if we want to keep jobs around. So, because the trade is just like 
got a piece of the pie. And, you know, not only that, you, know, you don't just lose the construction, and you don't lose that. You lose them 1,000 jobs. You know, a thousand jobs with fifty thousand dollar a year money—that's a lot of money over twenty five, thirty, forty years. Oh, that's a shoot. I mean, that's that's millions and millions of dollars, you know, missing from the local economy, which we could have had, which we will have. And that, I mean, we'll get built, you know, here in Washington, and we'll get that money. You know, that'll go to our those tax money, that revenue, that'll go to our schools. You know, that'll go to infrastructure. Those will go to roads. So, you, you know, we all, you know, Matt, something I've really witnessed in this country, everybody wants the economic growth, but nobody wants it in their backyard. But this refinery is going to be built in Vancouver two miles from any project, isn't it? And it's going to be kind of where it's off the beaten trail, just past the beaten roads a little bit, and there is not going to be any more traffic because it's coming in by rail. Correct. That's that's true. So, I mean, you're. I mean, the NIMBY effect, the not in my backyard effect. You know, I mean, that's a very real thing. I can I can understand, you know, how people are scared, but for the most part, it's just their fear is really a lack of education on the topic and what's actually going to be happening. They're just people are just more worried than they need to be about it. Now. Matt, I'm going to ask you, is it that a lot of what we hear with everything going on through the media and everything we've been taught and heard that, oh, that'll do this and this? But really, overall, with the EPA and everything, the standards, we're actually pretty safe. And it's a lot safer having it here than letting a foreign country hold us hostage for oil, don't you feel? Exactly. I mean, and that will increase our involvement in, you know, by having energy independence by not being dependent on the Middle East and Venezuela and other places, you know, it really gives the United States as a whole a much bigger bargaining chip. That means we don't need to be involved as dramatically in the Middle East. If the oil prices in the Middle East, you know, go down, we could care less. That's not our problem. We have our energy, you know. So, I mean, we won't have, we won't have to send our troops overseas, you know, till to the Middle East again and again and again and again. I mean, I went over there, you know, when I, my time in the Marine Corps. And, you know, the energy independence, I mean, that's the best thing we can do for our foreign policy issues as a country right now. You know, this is kind of a cold, cold question, but if we do the oil here, doesn't that cut down the risk of the of the terrorism everybody talks about? Yeah, I mean... Really, I mean, it'll be put in Saudi Arabia. It won't like it, but you know that's not really our problem. So, you know that's that's their that's their thing. So they didn't diversify their market. You know that's too bad for them. So, by go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. You know, I think having the energy independence will get us out of being involved in the Middle East and out of those terrorist situations. I mean, I think terrorism will always be a threat and it's something our my generation is going to have to be looking at all the time continually, you know, from now until whenever. But I don't see terrorism going away, but I think if we're less involved, we'll be less of a target. 
But when you got economic stability and you're getting tax money and you're building better schools and more ed- and get a better education system, doesn't that make the awareness help the terrorism threat go down? Yes, I think it would be. Not some, I don't think America needs to be an isolationist country at all. I think we need to be more involved with the State Department versus the Defense Department. So that's, that's just my take. I agree with you because I've never seen a worse or anything didn't stop with peace talks, have you? Nope, sure haven't. So. And, you know, communication. Now, here's the thing. How can you, we get this communicated to the people, through the communities, and getting all the the local union members and even hourly workers. This even includes all workers in all all the both states, Oregon and Washington, because they will go back and forth. Because some people will be living in Portland. Exactly. I have been communicating with uh, local 48. Uh, their business manager uh, Gary Young. He's an amazing. He's an amazing man. So, uh, one of my favorite individuals, actually. Uh, he's highly intelligent, really motivated to get this to get this Vancouver terminal established, get it up and running, uh, get those jobs, you know, and bring him, you know, to our area, uh, to that Washington Oregon border. And uh, you know, the things that we can do first off is, you know, word of mouth, you know, get it on social media, you know, tell the brothers at the job sites, you know, pass pass the word. Uh, you know, phone tree if we have to, just get the word out to the brothers and sisters and, you know, and then it's up to the our own union members, our rank and file. Let's turn out. This is this is what we do. This is our job. These are our this is our livelihood. This is construction. Let's do what we do. Let's get out there and show them that we mean it and that we want it. And and, and you know, and also if when we get out there in numbers and we do it in a very, very uh in a professional manner, we're also showing the local businesses that we're there to support them too, aren't we? We are, because when the when there's the construction boom in a town, it's just not that one company that's building that's, you know, making money and the workers that are making money. It's those workers who go and stay at those hotels, who go to those restaurants, who go out to those bars, who go to the movie theaters, you know, who buy the Christmas gifts, you know, that type of thing you know, in that local economy. And that's why it's really going to be great for Vancouver and south-central Washington, or southern Washington. Oh, yeah, that's that whole, you know, from basically Longview down, that'll affect that whole area. But, you know, Matt, when you start building the terminal this size, how much other business actually forms and follows this into the communities? Uh, right now, for the Vancouver terminal, they're projecting another 440 direct off-site jobs, which are working directly with the Vancouver terminal. So that's jobs that are even working at the at the terminal, but will be in support of. So I mean, that's quite a few jobs that are not even you know related and, supporting each. And, and I'm also talking about, you know, restaurants, little gas stations. Uh, oh, yeah. Just so many little things. That will almost bring, for every job they create at that terminal, that will almost bring another job out into the small businesses 
and the other businesses in that community, won't it? Yes. It's, it, the ratio usually, rule of thumb, is five to one. So for every one job at that terminal, it'll create about five other jobs. That's what it is for the data centers roughly in in, in central Washington, in the Quincy area. So let's just say, let's just use three. So that would bring 3,000 more jobs. So actually that terminal would bring about three to 5,000 more jobs. And, and Matt, one thing about the jobs it's going to bring, it's going to bring premium paying jobs also, isn't it? So the tax revenue yep. and the whole economy is going to flourish a little bit more. Right. It is, it is a ripple effect from that, from that construction site, from that building. So, you know, I mean, it'll be bigger at first, you know, and then it'll calm down to that about 200 jobs on site all the time. And that's if there's not any shutdowns or anything else. So once they start doing modification and remodels or if they expand anymore, that'll bring more construction jobs back again. Because we're always working at the refineries off and on. So, yeah. and then it booms sometimes, you know, then it booms a few times a year. And, yeah, and Matt, now we're going to get into something. How is the union members, how can they get involved, and how will their involvement actually help bring some synergy and some energy for people to look at, and they'll say, wow, they do care. How how much importance is that? Well, you know, I do a lot of lobbying at the Capitol, and the best thing you can we can do is get our own, our constituents that are down there, the people that live there, have family there, have worked there, have ties to that area. If we can get them, you know, to these public meetings and say, hey, I'm from here, I live here, I work here, you know, this is my community, and we need this, we want this, you know, that goes a long way. That's saying, hey, I can put, you know, food on the table here at home. I don't, you know, I don't have to go away. You know, I don't have to go hit the road. I can work in my home. I can work in my home local, you know, keep my money local. So, you know, my friend, you know, that runs the little gas station, you know, he has a job because I have a job, you know, and we all kind of work together. And the labor, you know, movement really needs, you know, to get on board. And, you know, the building trades is, you know, pushing 100% on this. And I think they're doing a good job of getting the message out and getting rank and file members uh, involved. But uh, we need all, we want all the help we can get. So let's uh, put the finishing touches on this terminal and get this thing built. So, and, and that's also that's just go ahead. I'm sorry, Matt. And that's just one of the projects that we have going on right now in Washington. Uh, the other, and one, we're gonna change is, gears here in a minute. Uh, the okay. call-in number to talk to Matt is seven one six nine seven three eight. And Matt, but the union involvement was this is some. The union involvement, the members' involvement, that has to really expand and get more energy to really help you and all the and all the things you have going on in Olympia and Vancouver and the Tacoma Terminal we're going to talk about here in just a minute. That really has to really uh, ramp up quite a lot to really get to where we're going. Do you feel? Say that again one more time, exactly. Well, I mean, the union members' involvement in the political system and what you do and in the community, that really has to kind of broaden 
and get more energy and to help the unions move forward. Do you feel? Yes, I do. I think we're starting to make good strides. <clears throat> Last year, uh, during the, leg the 2015 legislative session, uh, we had some good advances. We were able to make the uh, to pass the data center bill, which enabled Washington State to continue building data centers in North Central Washington. And we had, you know, quite a few uh, 191 members from, you know, the Wenatchee, Quincy area actually go down to to the Capitol and lobby hard. And, I, you know, I was there with them. They lobby hard all day long. You know, they talked to, you know, dozens of representatives and senators. Uh, we spoke to the governor, you know, I mean, and we, we worked that bill and we got it passed. And uh, I think that just shows that when the union members – do stand up, go down there, you know, look those those elected officials in the eye and say, hey, you know, this is what we do. This is this is do your job. This is what we want. Uh, it really had a great effect, and we were able to pass that bill in a really tough year. So, I mean, when we get down there and we we push hard, we can we can make magic happen. But it takes involvement. You have to stand up, you know, you know get passionate about it, you know, and go down there and uh, scream and shout a little bit. And, and, and that's true. And, you know, the thing is, is um, isn't that how, basically how corporate America is getting their way? It's about communication with them in many other ways. But one of it, they're more involved. Yes, they're very involved. The thing that corporate America can do much more efficiently than the labor movement is they can communicate much faster. They can make a decision faster. The labor movement is a truly beautiful democratic process. And that is, an, I mean, that's incredible. But the, the only drawback to that is it's also rather slow in getting decisions and things made when you go through an executive board. You know, and motions have to be passed and filed. Where a corporation, they can just, you know, have a phone call over Skype and they have a decision made in 10 minutes. You know, where it will take us, you know, weeks or months. Yeah. Now we're going to change gears, Matt, and we're going to talk about the Tacoma Terminal. Give people some uh, an overview of what the Tacoma Terminal is all about. Okay. I personally think this Tacoma terminal is cutting edge. I mean, this is when you're looking at the macro world, you know, the world from a macro view, especially when it's talking about environmentalism. I mean, this is this is top notch. So it's cutting. Okay, first of all, what this plant will be doing? It'll be making methanol. It'll be taking natural gas from the United States, uh, shipping it via pipeline. To the this plant, which is in Tacoma at the terminal, it's actually using the old Kaiser aluminum facility, uh, which was shut down years ago. So they're using the old Kaiser plant, and they're going to be making uh, liquid methanol. Now, methanol is also known as wood alcohol. Its chemical compound number is CH3OH. Uh, so it's a, a carbon and oxygen and hydrogen atoms, uh, and this particular methanol, you can, it can be used in fuel, but this stuff's going to be used for making plastics in China. So we've all seen the pictures of 
China, and we know how bad that pollution is there. And we all know that their emissions affect the rest of the world. So their emissions are pollution is really doing a lot of damage uh, to the to the entire world. I mean, call global warm you know global warming, climate change. You know, I think it's make it's causing an issue uh, globally, and this will cut Chinese emissions by seventy percent. That's a huge number. So if we can get them to run off of methanol, seventy uh, percent emissions cut is about as big as it gets. So the methanol, it's being produced by Northwest Innovation Works Plants, and they have a couple of different ones, uh, one in uh, Port of Kalama and one in Port of St. Helens, uh, where they'll be making this methanol and shipping it via tanker tanker ship to, uh, to China. And methanol is a very clean burning fuel. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it burn, but... It's a very clean. There's no residue. There's no smoke. It's a much, much cleaner, and it's a burning fuel, and it's a renewable resource. You know, you can make it out of. Uh, it's a bio. It's one of the four bio alcohols. So, and it's the lightest of the four. Then you so, make it out of corn about anything. And um, yeah, uh, depending. Go ahead. Your body actually produces. Your body actually produces small, minute amounts of methanol naturally. So, and uh, so it'll be cutting. Going back to the emissions, it'll be like I said, it'll be cutting seventy percent of the emissions of that plant in China, as well as it's the new plant. It's really cutting edge. It's going to be utilizing ultra low emissions here in Washington, which cuts at another seventy percent for the emissions here in Washington State. So. How and big would this plant be, Matt? Um, it'll provide. It's actually a pretty bigger plant. Uh, it's going to provide 260 jobs. Once the plant is running, it'll be a thousand construction jobs in the Tacoma Pierce County area, and it's a three four three point four billion dollar project. So uh, it's a. I mean, it's it's big. It's a big project. And when are these? I forgot to ask. If these all go, uh, everything passes and we start building, when will the the Vancouver terminal start and this uh, Tacoma terminal start? Um, the Tacoma terminal, we're looking at a time frame of construction will start in 2017, and we don't have a date on the Vancouver terminal. I imagine it will also be 2017. So, Well, and the thing about this methanol, it also mm-hmm. keeps the local farmers and just about a lot of people uh, involved in moving the economy forward. Do you feel? Right. Yeah, I mean, Tacoma, you know, lately Tacoma's been, and Pierce County, especially in the construction, it's been slow there. You know, you've got brothers, you know, and sisters sitting on the books. And, you know, this will get them out to work. Uh, it's going to – and it's going to be bringing money back to that urban Tacoma terminal area, um, which is really going to be good for that Tacoma economy. So, it's again, it's bringing a lot of those family wage jobs back because, like, Kaiser Aluminum closed and a couple of the other plants down on the terminal have closed. 
you know, and this is that reemergence of industry again in Washington State and in the United States. Boy, that's vitally needed to get this. What's that, Matt? I didn't hear you. It's jobs like this. It's projects like this is how we rebuild the middle class again in the United States. This is how it's done, and we're doing it. And we're, you know, cl- making the environmental better, at, environmental standards better at the same time. So, I mean, again, we're, it's a win-win situation right now. But I just got to really thinking about that. Cutting 70% of the emissions in China, that, right on the- you really have to expand everything in you to understand how vast that would be. Right, that's for this plant. And, you know, moving China to get towards, you know, and the United States even to, you know, get on that, that methanol project. There's a great documentary called Pump. I would really recommend everybody to watch. But most vehicles can run off of uh, methanol, ethanols, propanols, you know, the other um, bioalcohols. And we could actually move, you know, on an environmental side we can move to get our transportation and our that industry, you know, to start using blends of your normal gasoline. Like E85 is a combination of gasoline and methanol. So it's got a lot higher because the ethanol has a much higher octane content. Like methanol is at 115. I think now what you see at the gas station is 87 89 and 91 or 92. So, I mean, it's a much cleaner burning fuel. So, I mean, if we could get that in all the vehicles in America, we're talking about, or especially in America, we're talking about much cleaner uh, emissions from vehicles. And it's renewable. That's the that's the best thing about it. So we can, you know, use this over and over and over. And we don't have to worry about it running out. Like eventually we all know fossil fuels will run out. But here, no matter if this, let's just say it was after this built, and other countries see how it's working in China and all over, how much will this grow throughout the world, do you feel, and just just be making more jobs for people? This is a vast thing when you open your mind to it. Yeah, we're actually, we're not the first. Uh, Azerbaijan uh, is a country kind of, over in Asia Minery area, and it's um, they're building big methanol plants. <clears throat> you know, so we have a little bit of catching up to do, even. You know, but I mean, if this happens globally, I mean, it it could be huge. So, I, I mean, it would make Google look like a drop in the bucket. So it's something that could you know equalize the oil industry's power. And, and that would be something. But you know, have you? I witnessed. A, I watched a picture on China this week. It was, that smog was almost like a blizzard. It was like a heavy rain in Seattle. It was that thick with fog. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they had red red alert hazards for don't go outside because it was actually lethal. So. Or, I mean, it was actually, you know, seriously hazardous to your health to be breathing it outside. 
And I'm right, is there meetings about this, or is this already ready to go and we're just waiting to start? No, honestly, I think this is going to be contested. At the Tacoma Terminal, I think it's going to be contested more. Um, we have a meeting on the 21st of January in Tacoma uh, to discuss this, and I can get a, that exact place and time for that meeting to you uh, after the show for your website. But um, well, it'll be in the... I'll tell you what else. The, but, uh, I, I can make you up a keynote deal and, and, and put it out there so it's on a kind of like a picture and everything. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. That'd be great. Well, if you, you give me the information on these, I'll make you some keynotes. And all a keynote is is a PowerPoint. It's an Apple PowerPoint instead of a a Microsoft PowerPoint. But I'll make you out some keynotes, and I'll give them, send them to you, and we can post them throughout some uh, IBW websites, and you can give them to the all the locals if you choose. Sounds good. But Matt, okay. getting this stuff out there and getting these these projects going, that's vital for the whole state, up and down the West Coast and the whole country. Do you feel? Oh, it totally is. And we're having, I mean, we are meeting some resistance with the, with the environmentalists. You know, they have a, they're calling it the green wall, where they're trying to block everything up and down the West Coast. And, you know, every refinery, every terminal, you know, every plant like that that's, you know, on the West Coast is being met with a lot of resistance. Um, and like, for example, the Tacoma, the methanol plant, uh, Governor Inslee, who's been a champion of environmental standards, you know, bar none, uh, is in complete support of the methanol plant, you know, but I think the governor can see the macro view of what this plan is really trying to accomplish. And I think that's why he's supporting it so, so well, uh, with, you know, with so much brim and vigor. So I think a lot of people are just scared because they hear the term methane, methanol, and it sounds scary. And there's the pictures right now of a methane leak, you know, in California. And it's that's methane, not methanol. So methanol is actually a liquid. And it burns, you know, and it burns clean. So let's we got to kind of keep them, you know, get our terminology correct and, you know, educate ourselves on what we're actually trying to achieve. So and educate the public also. Yes. So, you know, knowing what we're dealing with, I mean, ethanol, I mean, it, you know, of course it, it's flammable. It can be dangerous, but I mean, at the same time, it's water soluble. It's not, we're going to be like dealing with, you know, some really nasty other, like some crude oil spill or crude oil explosion. It's not going to be like that. You know, I mean, it's a much cleaner burning, uh, fuel. So all in all, it's probably as safe or safer than dealing with some of the other um, some of the other chemicals. Well, there's a lot of chemicals and, you know, if people really knew what these chip plants had in them, they'd probably really get scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. But, but, you know, Matt, here's the thing about this country. We want we want uh we want economic uh we want a good economy 
but yet we don't want to put nothing new into it. We're trying to do it with antique systems. Isn't this methanol and this Vancouver plant and the Tacoma plant actually some new state-of-the-art facilities they'll give Washington and Oregon a, a, a step up on the rest of the country? Yes, it is. And really, I mean, if an economy is not growing to a certain extent and changing and evolving, it's falling behind, and then it's just your economy slowing down and you're not growing. <clears throat> and Washington's already really cutting edge when it comes to um, the tech industry and aeronautics or, you know, like the, like Boeing. We have some amazing companies uh, here in Washington. You know, we have Microsoft, Boeing, Starbucks, Amazon, you know, all these incredible cutting-edge companies. Even SpaceX, you know, moved to Washington State. And I think we're seeing a lot of that growth here in Washington State. This is like the methanol plant is another cutting-edge facility. Uh, It's making a premium product and has direct access to one of the deepest natural harbors in the country, which can, you know, then ship overseas. And I think hopefully with the cheap energy prices that Washington has comparably, I think we'll, we can look forward to some more growth. You know, and the thing about when Washington State grows, they, the, the wage base, and it really helps lower and keep the taxes in the communities and the schools functioning at a more efficient rate than the rest of the country. Do you feel yeah, I would totally agree with that. And, and you know, the thing is that the the better paying wages, them states usually do better in an economy than the states that try to do it cheaper, I feel. And, and Matt, with this Tacoma project, the, this methanol going to China, here's something a lot of people don't understand. That's smog in China is actually reaching the United States in small portions. Oh, yeah. If it catches a trade wind, it gets over here pretty quick. So so we're actually saving our own health by doing this, wouldn't you feel? Exactly. And everything, you know, and it's really, you know, helping on the bigger, like on the macro scale, you know, on that bigger world view, it's really going to be making a much bigger difference. And and that's where we really want to get into is we, as the United States and even the Pacific Northwest, we have to become the leaders in helping China kind of clean up their air so it gets better over there because their economy is very vibrant and the wages are going up over there. Yes, they are. Yes, they are growing. And they're going to even have more vehicles on the road than we will uh, here in just a few years if they don't already. Um, So hopefully we can push them and, you know, get them onto that methanol or a clean burning fuel, you know, something. Because the amount of coal plants that they have and that they're continuing to build, you know, is just killing the economy. So, or sorry, killing the environment. So the more we can get them off of fossil fuels and ourselves off of fossil fuels, the better. And I agree with that one. And then that goes 
independence. Yes, and independence, financial, uh, economic independence. Matt, we're down to a minute and 20 seconds. Let's go through all the places where they can go to meetings, and then you give me this stuff, and I'll make you some keynotes and send them to you. Okay, sounds great, Rob. Okay, so going back to the Vancouver Terminal, January 1st, January 5th at, in Ridgefield at 1 p.m. and and 4.30 p.m., the Columbia Pacific Building Trades Council is organizing a labor rally uh, at, 6, at 6 p.m. So January 5th in Vancouver, and also January 12th is a Tuesday in Vancouver as well, and that's at 5 p.m. And then in Spokane, January 14th at 5 p.m. And then going on to back to the Tacoma methanol plant, it's going to be January 21st. So if you guys, if, so brothers and sisters, rank and file guys, if you guys want to get to work here, you know, some good industrial uh, construction, uh, you know, try to get to these events, you know, support it. You know, this is this is your paycheck we're talking about. So uh, get out there and uh, let's show them what labor can do. It'd be a quite a long paycheck, about a year or so. Anyway, oh, yeah. Matt, we're, we're out of time, Matt. I really want to thank you for being here. I really enjoyed this. Oh, so did I. Thank you, Rob. So hopefully I'll be on again soon. You will, anytime you want. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Rob. All right. You betcha. Okay, Good you night, everybody. And Good Happy night. New Year. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.